Hey everyone, this is Socratic Hobbits, a podcast where Kyle Morse and me, Daniel Hayward, try to ask big questions and then answer them. Sometimes we stay on topic. Thanks for listening. Gulag Archipelago and was just in the section where they're talking about all the uh, railroads and mine shafts and canals that were made by hand. Oh, really? Huh. That's got to be rough. Yeah, especially when you're being fed four ounces of bread a day and that's it. Yeah, that sounds extra rough. As I'm like shoving a (laughs) roast beef sandwich in my mouth, like, yeah. That's crazy, huh? I wonder. It's just, I have a hard time. You know, I I know for people who, um, I don't know. One of the big points that Alexander Sells, uh S makes in that book. Uh-huh. Um, can you say his name? Solzhenitsyn. Oh, I've always heard it Solzhenitsyn, but yours sounds better. Um. Uh, just that, you know, it's the, I guess this is a, this is a recollection I have. I haven't, uh-huh. I haven't read his book, which is the Gulag Archipelago, right? There's just like a volume one and a volume two, or is that? Um, I have the abridged version. I think there are three volumes. Okay. Well, just that he, you know, it's like one, one step at a time towards that, it, towards being able to make rationally the decisions that would lead you to or the decisions to act the way that the Nazis did or the Russians in this case. Do you feel like he's making that point at all or no, not particularly? Not really. The At least the part. So I'm about halfway, two thirds of the way through the book. And he's more been just describing the experience. He's more. So it's like memoir almost. Yeah memoir from his perspective and the perspective of others saying this is what happened to us Hmm. and these are the experiences we had so that people don't forget that this happened yeah and maybe at the end he he goes into more of the thought behind it sure but he's he's pretty he's a it's 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 hard to read just because of how he, he kind of has a cynical humor about it mm-hmm. and he's describing these things that are just like, you understand why he has that humor because of what he went through, mm-hmm. but having never gone through it, it's you're at least I'm kind of going, man, do you really want to, it feels like you're making light of this, but I think it's just, do you know any first responders? That's actually probably a decent, a decent analogy. The ones that I know typically have a a sense of humor that I don't always appreciate, but then I hear, you know, in their more vulnerable moments, kind of some of the difficult things they've witnessed. And um, that's one of the ways that I deal with hard things is humor. Right. So, so I get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that on a, on a small scale, the first responder thing is a good analogy for, for that 
Yeah, I heard um that makes me think of this story from World War Two, where there was a point at which in the um, trenches, things were, you know, you basically like there were body parts, it just, you know, kind of everywhere. And, and that at a certain point, they were part of the part of the mud, part of the, you know, that their the earth formed walls that they, yeah, they were in. And um, at one point, there was a, an arm that couldn't, uh, they couldn't get out without you know they would have had to use a hacksaw or something and yeah was, and uh it was but it was going into like everybody had to pass it basically and um the soldiers went to t- basically at a certain point they started high-fiving it and um saying something along the lines of like morning fred like yeah another another good day <laughs> you know something like that yeah. and it's you know you hear about stories like that from war too um and you get i don't know that's i think that's part of the resiliency of the human spirit um, do we see any examples of that in the Bible of humor and, uh, in the face of adversity? I almost want to say, does Samson say anything mm. sort of humorous before he brings the walls down? Guys watch this. No. Um, maybe it's just people have made jokes about what he must have said. Yeah, it's possible. Um, I know that, uh, there is Elijah definitely mocks the um false prophets oh yeah or elisha i always get them mixed up elijah elijah is the one on mount carmel who then outruns ahab's chariot Uh back to jerusalem (laughs) (laughs) yeah what a joker Uh, i'm trying to think of anybody else um does does david ever i'm trying to think of um well we see a negative kind of version of it when Israel's being mocked by um, Goliath. Right. That's not so much a hardship thing as just a no, blasphemy sure. thing. I'm trying to think of hard situations where people aren't. I think Jonah's funny, but. Despairing. That's because he's so over the top. He's melodramatic. He is. But I don't. Eh, yeah, I don't know. He seems to be seriously melodramatic, at least the way God handles him. There. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about Job? I was just thinking about Job, and I think he's so far, huh? I'm trying to think if he has any. There's 40 chapters or whatever, you know. I think there might be a little bit anyway. Anything where he kind of makes a flippant remark about his circumstances? I think God mocks him, but that's not God's not going undergoing a hardship. Not mocks. Mocks is the wrong word. I guess I just find it a little humorous when like. Were you there when the mountains were formed? Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. You know, like, were you there when I formed the light? Have yeah. you plumbed the, have you pulled the Leviathan out of the water? And Have you seen the doe when she gives birth on the mountain? Mm-hmm. And Job's yeah. like, um, no. Uh, sorry. Something like that anyway. Uh, yeah. Taken to yeah. task. That'd be interesting to look through Job and see, like, I imagine it'd be more early on where he kind of makes some comment about, has anyone, I don't know. I don't know what it would be. Yeah, there'd also be uh, potentially some proverbs. I know there's some proverbs about humor, but they're not always in a positive kind of way. Like laughter in the spirit, something. Well, there's like, don't. Say I was only joking when you 
defend your brother or something along those lines. Right. Something like that anyway. I mean, it seems like the, the kind of humor that an, that an EMT or um, a soldier or, or someone in the gulag has only comes about when really things that are, are really denigrate the image of God are going on really denigrate or deface our humanity. Hmm. Like it's not just that hard things are challenging. It's that you're seeing the image of God get destroyed by drugs or shot to pieces or kicked to the curb while the skin is falling off because of, um, now like starvation. Mm hmm. And Jeremiah would be a good one to look at. Hmm. Does Jeremiah make, because Jeremiah was thrown in a well on starvation rations. Be interesting to look and see if he has any kind of satirical things that he says. Yeah. I wonder if it also, I mean, the Gulag Archipelago, as well as, um, you know, other concentration camps, it's like there's a, a little bit of a jointness. There's a there's a group of people going through that, um, and so I think they're a prisoner alone might not have the sense of humor than a than a group of people might. It's like we, uh-huh. you know, and with first responders, there's a community there, at least somewhat. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm reading um, uh, a David Hackworth's um book about face about he's just re or not re-enlisted but signed up for another tour in korea Mm -hmm. and that's another book that has a lot of a lot of examples of um where he puts things in a really funny way that wouldn't ordinarily be funny Hmm. And and it works kind of because he has had this experience that that other people he's telling stories about these experiences from combat and Mm-hmm. on the front lines okay. that are um, horrific and then he has he, he 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 makes it through in part with a having a sense of he and the other men involved make it through in part by having a sense of humor about it i wonder if um that just makes like somebody there okay so almost everywhere in my life i pretty much approach things with somewhat of a sense of humor try to anyway um and I wonder if people with a sense of humor are somewhat more resilient because of it. And, or I guess I'd like to think that maybe, maybe that's not true. What do you think? Does that seem? I think humor is kind of a shell. And so like we end up being, we end up being able to survive more as a result than we would otherwise without a sense of humor. But I don't know that at our core, we're more or less resilient than another person. If we have a sense of humor or not. I think it's just it's a protective shell. You think it's a tool, and it, yeah, you know, you know, it can be overused, it can be misused, right? Right. And you try to turn a Phillips head screw with a flat. It works kind of, but it doesn't work near as good as something else. I um, so I took the week off. Nice. Kind of. I'll send you a picture, but if if you want. But I um, 
uh, last, actually, it was like one of our first podcasts we were talking about it. Uh-huh. So I guess it would have been two summers ago now. Uh, can you believe it? I got chip drop, which they'll they'll just give you a free wood or chips. Uh-huh. When, so David and Tyler both have signed up for it, and it's taken them like six to eight weeks to get it when they sign up. Right. And both times, one was, you know, like a year and a little more ago. And then this two weeks ago, I signed up and they brought it. They brought a whole tree. <laughs> like two days later and so so i'm out there with the chainsaw and getting i don't know i just it's a lot of wood oh so it's they brought a tree that you're just making firewood out of yeah 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 so it's it's probably i would guess three cords of wood maybe maybe two two and a half somewhere's in there did you guys have your fireplace up and running last year we had it running uh mid-january okay so it the worst of it had kind of come and gone at that point and then did we you see mr it. money mustache had a post on uh heat pumps no i didn't what did he say he he installed one himself and said that it significantly cut his electricity bill and it works both as a ac In- unit and a heater and they've improved the te- technology to the point that you don't have to run a pipe underground or anything. It's just an ambient air heat pump that, and they'll work down to some of them down to minus 20. Wow. Um, they, their efficiency gets reduced as you get lower and lower in temperature. So, so how does that work? So you're, you're pulling energy out of, out of the air and concentrating it in the case of heating your house Mm -hmm. and then you're pulling energy out of the air and pumping it out of your house in the case of cooling your house. So we have a really high level. I've always called it a heat pump. It's a, I don't know what else you would call it, but it's ductless air or it's duct ducted air. Is that a heat pump? Is that the same thing? Um, ductless or ducted? It's ducted. It goes through the attic. There's ducts. So is it a single unit that both pushes hot and cold air? Yes. Oh, so you've got one. Yeah, we have one. Yeah. Nice. It's nice to keep it like we keep that at 65. Uh-huh. And then and then with the fireplace, keep keep it quite a bit warmer. Uh, okay, wife, I see. My my wife likes it, you know. If we if we set um some logs in before we go to sleep, it there's still embers in the morning. So, right. And, and, it, and your house, as I recall, doesn't have a lot of carpet. Mm-mm. Just in the bedrooms. Right. Yeah. That makes so, a big difference. Yeah. Is that, yeah, you just can't clean carpets the same way. Oh, yeah. You guys have cats. That's not, we, we, yes, we do have cats. That is correct. Uh, that is not why we prefer hardwood or not hardwood floors we would prefer hardwood i should say but that's a project for a different time you gotta space them out you gotta do some more work on the flower garden that's what i was doing tonight man i cannot believe that i put all that dirt there by hand because i was like basically so dave was spreading the dirt or he was dumping it 
uh-huh. over the fence and then I was spreading it out and I still have a ton to do. Probably have like four hours of work, but it was, I don't know. He was just like moving dirt for an hour, hour and a half. It was just a lot. And he didn't finish. I, I had to kick him, kick him out. So for this it, podcast, for this podcast, yeah, which, man. which you, you had some thoughts on stuff you wanted to go over and I've kind of, I kind of drove the last one. So I figured, Oh no, that's you fine. Could, you could drive this one and. I'm, I'm uh, I don't know how much I don't know how much energy I have for for driving because by drive I just mean read you know oh I okay all right uh, that I can do potentially I'm trying to look for that read provide initial thoughts there we go well as this will be our I think first podcast of the new year uh-huh. um, you and I listened or not listen we uh, enjoyed James Clear who is the author of Atomic Habits. And uh, right. I get a newsletter from him, I guess it's once a week, and I usually pr- find it pretty pretty insightful, pretty interesting. He, I don't know, it's probably, probably takes like three minutes to read, um, but he takes quotes and has, you know, different thoughts from from some of his writing and um, and, then, and then some some from others. Um, but when he wrote this, uh, it was like, I think it was two weeks ago, was uh these are tiny thoughts and um i'll just read them out things that reduce odds of long-term success a lack of focus making excuses staying up late eating poorly checking email first thing in the morning working more to fix being busy buying things you don't have money for focusing on yourself letting other people define success for you the wrong relationships a lack of patience I don't think it's an exhaustive list, but I do think it's a it's an interesting place to start. Um, and and can you can you re- refresh in my mind what the uh, heading was for that list of things? Things that reduce your the odds of long term success. Okay, thanks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I I think part of why I texted that to you or I had wanted to chat with you about it was just that there are, it's like, I see these things in myself. I, I, I might push back on the, I don't know, on the email in the first thing, partially because I don't check work email first thing in the morning. And so I basically have a few newsletters that I look at. Um, but I don't know, I would be willing to, willing to hear, um, I don't know, another point of view there. Um, but I think I do. Well, that's what I'm here for to provide, uh, other <laughs> points of view. <laughs> often an opposite point, not maybe not office, uh, opposite, excuse me. Um, I think the only of these that I don't do on a regular basis is maybe, maybe letting other people define success, the wrong relationships and working more to fix being busy. Although my wife might disagree on that i think the rest of these i like uh, you know i don't know do you see any of these in yourself do you have it up on your phone i really i really should have did you send that via email or did you text it to me i texted it to you it's on your um your phone let me run over and grab my phone <sighs> okay i now have somewhere there we go. Did you read a lack of patience? I did. Do you mean as far as things that I don't 
do? No, or things... I, I, I didn't remember that when you were going through the list. Yeah. My memory stopped at letting our people define success for you. <laughs> well, there's also the wrong relationships. Right. I didn't remember either of those. until. But you had just said the wrong relationships. Yeah, I think... Um, yeah. I think uh, you had thought, or you had you had said, well, like it might be interesting to talk about some of these things as far as like why do why do they why do they contribute to reducing the reducing your chance of success? Oh, I was just gonna say in answer to your question you originally asked, I think a lack of focus is probably the one that, and a lack of patience, and the uh, intersection of of those two are the two that I see being most pertinent for you yeah. i was reading the ones that i of this list that i do not participate in on a regular basis so i think of i think of you as not eating i don't know the like staying up late or eating poorly i don't think of those as really being part of your life yeah parenthood kind of fixed staying up late and just generally being <laughs> active fixes eating poorly does it yeah how's that it's just you feel gross when you eat gross food Oh, I see. Yeah. So I mean, a lack of a lack of focus and a lack of patience. Yeah. So uh, looking for quick hacks to mm-hmm. get around just putting in the work, which leads why, to a lack of focus. So why um why do you think that contributes to you think yeah, why do you think that contributes to lack of success? I your, I think it's pretty self explanatory that Particularly, he defined long-term success. Mm, yeah. Without focus and without patience, it's impossible to do anything long-term. Yeah, I think also you're like, yeah, I, I like how you linked lack of patience and, and um, focus. But I think without uh, focus, like consistent focus on the same thing, you're never really going to find out if that thing works or not. Right. Um, and give up on it too soon and then try something else and that doesn't work too because you give up on that one too soon and then come back mm-hmm. to the thing and it's a vicious cycle of never getting anything done yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely i don't know it's uh it's really easy to start something new and then really hard to finish it well i have a potting bench that i was making for my wife and i uh it's probably 90 percent done Right. It'd probably take me like an hour to finish it at the most as I'm thinking about it. Maybe not even. And I got, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. As far as a lack of focus, like I just haven't, just haven't finished it out. There's like two or three cuts that are difficult with wood. Uh huh. And I just didn't want to do them. And so I found other things to do instead. Christmas is coming, Daniel. I mean, I know this <laughs> podcast is going to be released after Christmas, but if you need a deadline. If I need a deadline? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, yeah. Actually, I probably have to, I should, you know, I've got this week off. I might as well finish, finish it tomorrow. <laughs> um, I know that would make my wife happy. Uh, yeah, and I think, I think the lack of focus and the buying things you don't have money for... I, kind of go together because you you think at least for me how it is it's like oh if i have this thing that will fix this problem and i can solve it with money and i don't even i wouldn't even say i would change that for me it's not things that i don't have the money for it's things that i don't really need 
things that I think will, you know, and, and maybe it will fix a problem, but each thing that I own then has a cost of ownership that I'm not taking into account. See, I kind of go the other way. And the way this hurts me is, is I tend to be so frugally minded that I won't buy things that would actually help me move forward faster. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty, I don't know what the word, I don't, there's not a good word for it, but basically if I think, um, if I think uh, something will solve my problem well, I notice this especially with like apps, iPhone or or software of some kind. Well, we had a pretty good example of that with uh, different apps for the podcast. We did, yeah. Um, Just our different philosophies. Yeah, I, instead of spending hours learning how to use hours and hours learning how to use um something that was free i spent close to like maybe an hour and a half learning how to use ferrite and right and then it's just actually designed for that yes yeah it's exactly and could i have made it work with audacity i'm sure i could have um and and maybe there's a another different free software that i could have made it work with as well but i don't know it was yeah, relatively cheap. And, you know, I, I'm at this point, I'm paying for email as well, which is fairly unusual in this day and age, but it's really privacy focused. And that's, okay. a, con- that's a concern of mine. And so, yeah. Which email? Uh, Proton mail. Do you have a VPN as well? I do not. I don't. Um, yeah, that's not something I've done yet. Is your question, what's the point? Well, having- I'm, I mean, it's better than Gmail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get away from Google products still. Like, Google Maps is so much better than Apple Maps. And they bought their only competitor. What's that? And they bought Waze, their only competitor. Yeah. Um, My wife and I shared calendar still on on Google, so it's like, well, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Well, we, we have a calendar on the fridge. Even if Apple isn't much better than Google as far as privacy, I think it is somewhat better. They've done a good job at uh, marketing that. Yeah, they certainly have. But it's also like there's a very basic um, like test for or a very important question to ask about tech companies in particular, which is how are they getting money? Yep. And if you don't understand how they're getting money, then they're probably selling you. And yep. with all of Google products, like your you're the product actually and they're selling yeah so yeah from a first principles perspective apple definitely seems like it should be more private yeah they also offer some like privacy focused tools in their like just native to native to their phone now like um safari blocks trackers that are not 100% necessary mm-hmm. um they have an they have a hide my email service um, yeah, it's, there's other stuff that, that I think points to that. Also culture wise, Apple's always been very private, very siloed, whereas mm-hmm. Google, Google's been very historically anyway, it's been very open. S- super integrated with it, with itself and other right. services. Yeah. So do you, f- I, so I'm, I'm going to ask you about a couple more of these. I think yeah. something I find insidious in my life is even though I know that this is a problem no matter basically no matter what um what would be the word domain 
There we go. What domain of my life? Making excuses never pushes, never moves anything forward. But it's it creeps in no matter what, it seems like. And I'm just curious if you feel like you don't make excuses. You, I mean, that wasn't one of the things that you mentioned mm-hmm. having any difficulty with. I think my knee-jerk reaction is definitely to take the easy, take the short-term easy route and make an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I believe I have gotten better at stopping myself and then taking responsibility for whatever happened. Okay. So something that you would maybe be tempted towards, but not um, indulging in, in particular. Not, it's not the first thing on the list that jumps to my my attention. Yeah. And my guess is you don't ever really look at email except for work when you're at work. Um, That's not necessarily true, but I actually check it relatively regularly. Hmm. But I think there is something beneficial first thing in the morning. At least I've, I've heard enough people say that it's really beneficial to delay input as long as possible. Hmm. Um, so reading of any kind or information from like information events information from a bright screen i guess so i mean obviously like you you get up in the morning you put on clothes there's input there you're making decisions there's not input from anyone else though you have i'm not oh i, I basically mean i'm asking is it okay to read a book is that input that, that, that would be input. I think it's on a lower level of stimulation, though. Mm-hmm. And um, meditating on something I've read is probably a better use of my time psychologically um, from what I've gleaned. And I don't have the the psychological psychological training to say why that is. That's just what I've heard. I feel like I've heard um, similar things. I've been interested, I've started, and I don't know if it's me or the timing of things, but there's a book called When, Uh and I've gotten, I've listened to parts of it before and heard uh, Daniel Pink, he's the author, talk talk about it, but I haven't listened to the entire thing, and I think it'd be helpful. He's a really engaging speaker or uh, conversationalist on a podcast, but... His book is, I don't know, it's somewhat disjointed. And so, so, that- so to the point about that book, um, the what I got out of that podcast was it's it's important to uh, make it a long term project to actually determine uh, what times are ideal for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, a really small example for me is. Just, just when I eat food has a big impact on productivity for me. And if I want to be really productive, I'll get into work, start working, and then around 9 or 10, I'll have a cup of coffee, and then I'll skip lunch. And hmm. those are the most focused days I have um, at work. Do you eat a bigger breakfast? No, like I don't eat breakfast. Oh, do you never eat breakfast? No, I, I normally do, mm. but I'm just saying like on days where I don't eat breakfast, I, I wait till nine or 10, have a cup of coffee 
and then don't eat until dinner time. Wow. Those are the days that I find I'm most productive. And and so that's been just sort of a little bit random experimentation on my part. And I don't know how that would work if I did that multiple days in a row. For example, I know that, I don't know nowadays, but at least a decade ago in college, um, I could stay up and just get three hours of sleep two nights in a row and feel good. If I try, if I did that a third night, I crashed hard. And, and so there are these rhythms that, um, each, each of us has individually. And, and I think my takeaway from, from that book was to try and understand the rhythms that we have. Um, for example, another example for me is, um, meetings. I love it when I can have meetings in the afternoon. And then in the morning, I have, I, I'm developing tools or um, creating solutions when I'm doing individual work. And and I find that it really throws off my day when I'm spending a significant time in the morning with meetings. I, the the day is far less productive for me than if I can push meetings off till the afternoon. Because in the afternoon, I'm generally more. Uh, chatty anyway and so it just and i would not work well together it's better my most productive time is after lunch until i go home which is not is not a typical uh to use daniel pink's terms chronotype but without reading the or i guess you've read, read part of the book but mm-hmm. but i i think that's more the point is just mm-hmm. pay attention to what your chronotype is and then um yeah. So like a, a rough framework for the book is he talks about different um, different scenarios. And then there's kind of three basic types of chronotypes, three types of chrono. Yeah, that doesn't sound very good, but that's what it is. There's three kinds of chronotypes, uh, early birds, night owls and third birds. And I don't remember right. what third birds are other than they're different than night owls. And, and maybe that's me. Um, that being said, Sunday afternoon, I do love me a good nap. I definitely will. Even though that's in my prime time. Huh. During work weeks, I will. I love if it's uh, if it's cold outside. Do you have a bigger meal Sundays than you normally do other days? No, it's usually lighter. I usually don't. I mean, in the, in the, for lunch? Yeah. Lunch is usually not super heavy. Okay. Actually, yeah. Sunday supper is not, not particularly heavy either. I guess if we have a big meal, it's usually Friday or Saturday night. Interesting. Yeah. Because I know for me, a lot of times Sunday lunch is a big meal. And so I do feel sleepy, drowsier afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, as far as that, as far as that, um, uh, kind of those, those different tiny thoughts, that was as far as I had really wanted to kind of take things. What, what initially grabbed you about it? I think I think I really like lists. I like um you know so for the for the blog um on our website most of the things are t- one kind of list or another. It's not just a not prose. Um it would it would actually be just like a list. I think it yeah. And I think kind of what I had said earlier where a lot of these applied to me in one way or another or I could kind of make them apply. Um 
I think that's part of why it, uh, yeah, it grabbed me was just if I could do, if I could fix these, I'm just going to say 12 or 15 things, then I would greatly increase the odds of long-term success. And I, of course I want that. Uh, who doesn't? And, but I don't know, I don't know the way necessarily forward other than to just do them, you know, like a f- focus, just focus, Daniel. Stop making excuses. Go to bed when you know you ought to. Stop eating crap. Don't check your email. Like it's, I think it's partly because I could, it'd be really easy to set this up as kind of a a works righteousness thing for me. I remember a long time ago, somebody said, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think a perfect Christian, how would they act? Like not, uh-huh. not these, not the Bible verses, but like, what would you what does it mean to imitate Christ? No, no, no. If you were a perfect Christian, what would you, what, what exactly would you, what habits would you have? What would your work, what would everything look like in your life? Like what time would you go to bed? You know, like just the guy gave That's not how scripture is written. No, it isn't. But it was like, so, right. I'm aware. And I gave him back a list like a week later. And he was like, well, I, I think, I think if these are the things that you think like how a Christian should act, it kind of makes sense that you're as sad as you are. <laughs> and and it, it opened up some conversation to have. Uh, it was, it was good. It was helpful, but. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was um, condemning myself for things that were ridiculous. Like my expectations that I was not meeting were not Christ's standard. They were Daniel's. Okay. You know. That's that's a fascinating way to draw that out because they, I, I could see them coming to you and going, here's the way to look to apply wisdom to scripture mm-hmm. and try and get you to think about that. But by get, having you make that list, they got a little more buy-in from you on the root of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and then I could, you know, pretty easily say like, would you apply this to anybody else? It's like, well, of course not. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, that, uh, it was a, I I guess I'd call him a mentor at some level. Um, Pretty thoughtful. I think anyone who does that for you is a mentor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And I, you know, so it just, it just felt like, uh, for some of these things, it's like, man, if I, if I could just do these things and I, but I know that's like a, that's a siren song because if I could just do these things, there'd be 10 more, just like them, you know, where, yeah, maybe you can, I think it's maybe an issue that I have with atomic habits and certain other, like, you know, self-help, uh, or personal development, I guess is, is what, is what now they're they're called not self-help but personal development um is that for me at least i don't act consistently all the time i act um pretty inconsistently depending on the season for a season i'll work you know really hard at one thing in particular and then switch my focus that's probably part of the reason that this podcast has been so inconsistent because i'll spend three weeks getting all of the podcasts that we've recorded over like, you know, the entire summer. And then 
say like, hey, Kyle, should I just uh, post these all, you know, week after week after week after week? And you're like, well, no, hold on, Daniel. Let's space these out a little. That way we have content for a longer period of time. And uh, hobbits will be happy. Happy hobbits. Speaking of which, I uh, was at lunch with uh-huh. my wife's bot, or not lunch, it was a dinner. And it was like some birthday thing for her work. I've interrupted myself. I apologize. Um, so it could be confusing. Anyway, and I was having, I was like, I'd gone and worked at David's. I'd helped him with some farm stuff and then had come straight there. And she, and I, so I ordered dinner. Everybody else was ordering drinks. But, and it was like 8.30 o'clock, 8.30 or 9 o'clock, something like that. Uh-huh. And she was like, is this... Is this second dinner for you? Is this like eleven seas? Are you a hobbit? And she looked at me and I was like, Are you are you referencing? I was just thinking it was so loud I couldn't ask her if she was referencing anything. And I was like, I asked my wife did if she told asked her if she told her about our podcast. And she was like, I don't think so. I don't think I told her. So, Bummer. And I just I still I like she was like she had this twinkle in her eye and I was like and I've no, I've I don't know. It was just I have to find out. And um, I, I I can't even, I'm not going to say her name, but you know who you are. You should tell me if you're listening to our podcast. Or maybe maybe tell tell his wife. Find out faster. Man, I hate miscommunication. It's like, I think if I could fix one thing in my relationships, it would be that other people would understand and I would understand them. Telepathy. Like they would understand me 100% and I would understand them 100%. Like not even, not even what they, like the words that they're saying exactly, but just like what they mean by them. Soon Daniel will have Neuralink and. I don't want, I don't want Neuralink. I just, it's so frustrating. It's like a hundred percent of my problems at work in my home life is lack, is like lack of understanding between two people who are trying to understand each other. And it's frustrating. Just send emails. Read, I email a hundred times. times a day and then I reply all without reading because it's obvious they didn't <laughs> understand me. <laughs> so I guess some, uh, some, some people played a, some people back at HP back in the day played a prank where they were bad mouthing the uh, boss from some vendor on an email thread. And then they, and then they got the, uh, People on the other end also bad mouthing their boss at at the vendor. The people at the vendor started bad mouthing their boss along with the people at HP, and then the people at HP blind carbon copied the boss oh onto goodness. the email thread. That's not a to, prank. That's something else. That's real naughty. And and then if, and then the person replied all and saw their boss was on it. Oh no! If you reply all to a BCC. It doesn't. It was something about it got when it went back and forth. It would elevate the BCC to a C to a CC. Oh, interesting. Hmm. They thought it was really funny. This was like thirty years ago. I bet it was pretty funny for them. Not as funny for the like. Oh man. Ugh. Oofta. Yeah. People are cruel sometimes. We are. I should show you the website I made for my. I told you about that guy that we sometimes give a hard time at work. One of the owners. 
The one that you put the phone in the ceiling? Yeah, that guy, except you've remembered it wrong, but that's all right. Close enough. They um they put a speaker in the ceiling because he okay. insisted that that's where it was, even though it was actually soldered into his computer. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, talk about commitment. Anyway, I made a website about um about some some fishing fishing lures. They're called Twitch and Jigs. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll I'll send it to you and you tell me if it's okay to to include in the show notes. I'm sure it's fine, but just want to have want to have buy-in from everybody. All the hobbits. All the hobbits, all two of us. We have been um we two, we happy to. What's that from? That sounds like a Shakespeare thing. It is Shakespeare. It's Henry V. Mm. St. Crispin's Day speech. One more than Henry IV. Yeah. I've thought about going through and reading one of his plays. Not Henry's. Shakespeare's. Have you read Have you read much of his? We did in high school. Well, actually, we read a bunch of abridged ones in sixth grade, and then we read a few through high school. I think I don't have a whole lot, a lot of juice left. I don't know if you can tell. You you kind of came into this dragon. It's like I, you yeah. needed a shot of espresso or something. <laughs> that would have helped, I'm sure. It's, it's like you just had a kid or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle, I did the I did come up I did come up with a joke about about cutting wood. What do you call a What do you call a bad? Oh, what do you? Uh, Let's see. This Hold is a on. great joke. I know. But I came you up with it. You are tired. I came up with it, though. It's great. Hold on a second. Let me figure out how I wrote it. And that way I can read it right. Hey guys, Daniel here. Just wanted to say thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a rating on whatever service you use. If you didn't, there's contact information in the show notes. I'd love to hear your feedback. And there's also a way to support us financially if you're so inclined. Thanks.